Today I was going to speak on, and I think I'm just going to read through some notes, the, the other side of struggle. Put on Facebook last night, or it might have been the night before. Um, on the other side of struggle, maybe a new identity. Struggle is inevitable in life, and it visits every man and woman who has ever lived. And with struggle is presented the opportunity to learn and grow or to succumb to the idea that the struggle has simply come to destroy you. This week I watched uh, Rachel. She came in, um, I think it was Thursday, and she said she had been in the schoolroom and she'd been coloring a picture and it was just bright colors, very, very, very colorful. And it was pink and orange and blue. And uh, she said, Daddy, do you know when you told us that Papa used to say um, that when God gives us a sunset, it's like he paints the sky for us. What my dad used to say was, um, he used to say there's no artist like God. Stretch out the canvas of your soul and let him paint pretty pictures. He got it from a guy named Thea Jones who used to say it. And so when we see the sunset, I'll tell people, didn't, didn't, didn't God, as, as many of you do, didn't God paint us a beautiful uh, sunset? And so she came in, she said, I decided since God always paints me a beautiful painting in the sky, I wanted to paint him one. So she took her little full-page uh, painting and took it down to the woods where she meets with God. Now, she says that God meets with her there, so I fully believe that he does. My dad used to take a Christmas birthday cake. We would do a birthday cake for Jesus. That's something my mom started when Tony was a baby uh, to teach us true meaning of Christmas, and he would take and offer the cake to God. Well, as a little boy, I thought that God actually, you know, came down and ate it. And who's to say that he didn't? I mean, probably he just fed like some deer or something with it. But he might have actually come down. Mom does make a mean chocolate cake, and if I was God in heaven, and you made the, if you made a banana pudding, now I, would, I can promise you God came down. But a chocolate cake, it's 50-50. She offered her picture to God, and my thought was, how, how incredible uh, a child's faith to believe and to, to hear that what we said and to believe that God is going to come down from heaven and everything that he has to do and he cares enough about me that he wants to get back from me something he gave me and give a painting. And I just begin to think about how innocent children are and how, how childlike I wish I was again. Because what happens is through life, as you all know, um, we face inevitable, we face struggle. And if we're not careful, we can become bitter instead of better in the midst of our struggle. But if we can, if we can look at the struggle for what it is, um, then maybe we can see that on the other side of that struggle awaits for us a new identity. Indeed, probably our true identity awaits on, just on the other side of struggle. We always want to stay away from struggle, but it might be going through that thing that will bring you where you need to be so that you can fulfill your destiny. Um, when I... When I think of Jesus saying to look at little children, he said, for such is the kingdom of heaven, I think of Rachel and Jason and, and Gigi and Bella and Jasmine and Luke and all of my nieces and Aaron. I think of all of my nieces and nephews and, and Michaela when she was that age. Um, not that she's not that way now, but especially, you know, when they're, <laughs> when they're very young and they're just completely uh, wide. Okay, and MJ right there, Mark Jr., he raised his hand like, dude, are you going to skip over me altogether? Man, I wouldn't forget about you. Some devastating event at some point in life, some change that happens. We go through a divorce. We go through the loss of life. We go through uh, a son or daughter that makes a life decision that causes us to question. For me, for me personally, one, one of the things that happened was the passing of my father. That happened actually for, for many of us that are here. And what happens in those moments is we have to, if we walk through that, 
Boy, it's real quiet in here. Even the spirit part's quiet. If we walk through that and see that just on the other side is who we truly are, then we can, we can see it for what it is and walk through the struggle with faith and knowledge and knowing that God's got us in, in all of it. That's easy to say, and it's a heck of a lot harder to do. In those moments, if we're not careful, we may miss our opportunity to become who we are and become better instead of bitter. But I believe the old saying, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. What if the greatest disappointment or failure in your life is really just your opportunity to walk into your true identity? What if on the other side of struggle, a new identity awaits? Genesis 32. Genesis 32, starting with 22. Now Jacob arose that same night and took his two wives and his two maids and his 11 children and crossed the ford of Jabbok. He took them and sent them across the stream and he sent across whatever he had. Then Jacob was left alone and a man wrestled with him until daybreak. And when he saw that he had not prevailed against him, he touched the socket of his thigh. So the socket of Jacob's thigh was dislocated while he wrestled with him. And then he said to Jacob, let me go for the dawn is breaking. But he said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. Come on, somebody say, I will not let you go unless you bless me. So he said to Jacob, I love this, his reply to Jacob's uh, cry for being blessed is not, okay, I'll give you money, or okay, I'm going to give you stuff. He said, what is your name? Essentially what he said is, okay, you want to be blessed? How do you identify yourself? Because the biggest blessing you're ever going to get in life, listen to me, it's not if you win the lottery. As a matter of fact, for many people, that would be more of a curse than a blessing. You might not believe it. But it's to, it's to find out who you really are. And so this angel, this man of God, in some translations, God himself, maybe it was a Christophany, which is an Old Testament appearance of Jesus, we don't know. Jacob would later say, I wrestled with God. And I think it's Hosea or another one of the Old Testament scriptures. The man that Jacob wrestles with is referred to as an angel. Who knows what it is? It just matters that he answers back and says, what is your name? I want you to bless me. I refuse to let you go. I'm in this place. I'm in this space. It's like where we are right now. And I refuse to allow the moment to pass until you bless me. I'm not going to let you go till you bless me. And he doesn't, he doesn't give him any type of blessing. Ask him a question. What is your name? And he said, my name is Jacob, which means a thief or a supplanter or a trickster. And he said, your name shall no longer be Jacob, but Israel, for you have striven with God and with men and have prevailed. Then Jacob asked him and said, so you please tell me your name. But he said, why is it that you ask my name? And he blessed him there. So Jacob named the place Peniel, for he said, I have seen God face to face, yet my life has been preserved. Now the sun rose upon him just as he crossed over Penuel, and he was limping on his thigh. Therefore, to this day, the sons of Israel do not eat the sinew of the hip, which is on the socket of the thigh, because he touched the socket of Jacob's thigh in the sinew of the hip. Jacob, who had received his father's blessing, which was entitled to the firstborn, and he tricked his father and received the double portion, received the responsibility of carrying on the family legacy, the family name. Yes, Jacob, who was the son of Isaac, uh, who was the son of Abraham, 
who was the father of God's nation, the same Jacob, who had already received the blessing of his father, who had said, if, you, if you, we were to read it, and I want to spare you some time, the previous several verses in the same chapter talks about how Jacob is blessed and he has money and he has camels and cows and goats and wives and children the whole night, and yet still he sees himself as something less than what he's supposed to be. Which to me says, it translates in 2019, all the stuff that you can get will never fulfill the void in your life until you come to a place of understanding your true identity in Christ. And if you don't know who you are, or worse yet, if you have a mistaken identity and you're running from it, then you can have all the stuff and be of all men most miserable. And yet with all this stuff he... He's running from his older brother Esau, who was a warrior, a mighty man. His older brother, a furious warrior, who's hell-bent on repaying Jacob for stealing his birthright. You ever read the story? He really didn't steal it. He's accused of stealing it. He's accused of tricking his brother. He just actually made a great deal. He's cooking some soup one day, and his brother's starving to death after hunting. He said, my God, I'm hungry. He said, tell you what, I'll give you a bowl of my soup if you'll give me your birthright. And Esau was dumb enough to make the trade. I don't know how Jacob got such a bad rap, but he lives his whole life as though he tricked his brother. He just gave him something to eat. His brother was the one that sold it. His brother was the one that devalued the double portion. His brother was the one that said, it's not worth anything to me. Give me a bowl of soup. And yet, Jacob lives his life afraid of his brother who is hell-bent on retribution and going to pay him back because he tricked him out of his double blessing, out of his birthright. And here's Jacob, the blessed of God, and yet he sees himself as being nothing more than a trickster, a scam artist, and lives his life running from and in fear of his brother. In fact, in this very chapter, previous verses, he's going to send some of his servants along with sheep and goats and offerings and, uh, to his brother Esau, who is in hot pursuit to kill Jacob, to get back what he thinks belongs to him. So running from his brother and running from his identity, he comes up to this place where he meets this angel or this Christophany or this man, take it however you want to take it, he has an encounter. So Jacob lives here in fear and shame and everything he's acquired, he did so by way of deception. Even the blessing of his father he gained by deception. Did you know that his mother helped him and put some hair on his arms and made him feel like his brother because Jacob had gone blind and even his voice did not sound necessarily like Esau but he felt of his arms and said, you must, be, uh, you must be Esau and he blessed Jacob thinking it was Esau and he could not rescind the blessing. Aren't you glad that God's not gonna take the blessing back? And so although he had the stuff, his identity as a thief and a trickster followed him and kept him awake at night. He, his, his name even means heel catcher. The heel catcher because he was a twin of Esau. And as Esau was being born, Jacob snatched on to, to Esau's heel as he was coming out of the birth canal. And so his name was the heel catcher. And he lived most of his life believing that he was not the head, but that he was the tail. That he was not above, but that he was beneath. And that he would just live life just by the hair of his Until one day he has an encounter with God. I've already told you, some say it was a man, some say an angel. Some say an angel, there are, there are actual translations that say it was an angel of the Lord. Either way, Jacob says it was an encounter with God and his ultimate breakthrough came when he refused to allow the moment to pass without his blessing. A man that's already blessed, a man that's already wealthy, 
a man that's already healthy, and he refuses to let the angel go until he receives a blessing. He wanted something totally different, and the angel knew it. And when Jacob demanded the blessing, the angel asked his name, asking essentially, what is your identity? What do you identify as? And Jacob's reply is not just, I'm Jacob, but I'm a trickster. I'm a heel catcher. Everything that I've gotten, I've gotten by deception. Yeah, I've got stuff, but I got it by deception, so it doesn't mean anything. I'm running for my life. I feel like I'm talking to myself this morning. Not that I necessarily need to hear it, but everybody awake? Okay, I thought you were. Just checking. And the angel answers back from him, no more. From now on, here's your blessing. You're not be known as a trickster or the prince who gained possession by deceit, but now you'll be remembered as a prince with God because you fought for your breakthrough. Not the prince of deceit, but your name will be changed to Israel, which literally means a prince with God. I'm going to take the risk this morning of sounding super Pentecostal because this is Pentecost Sunday, and I just happen to so be Pentecostal. Is that okay with you? That means I'm filled with the Spirit. Anybody else filled with the Spirit? But I believe by the Spirit of God, I wrote this down when he told me that someone in here is contending for a breakthrough. You've come to a marker in time, and today is your day. Your new identity, or better said, your true identity, is just on the other side of your struggle. All you need is one encounter with God. You are one encounter away from a new identity. You are one encounter away from a new life. You are one encounter away from your ultimate victory. You are only one encounter away from walking into your God-given destiny. You are only one encounter away. That's why we do what we do here. That's why we try to create space during worship for you to have an encounter. It's not just for the encounter's sake, but we understand that just on the other side of your breakthrough with that encounter lies your true identity. You might discover something about yourself that you did not know about yourself in, as, as, as was the case with Jacob. If we can create space for one encounter, you can have a life-changing appointment. You are one encounter away from walking from disappointment to reappointment. You thought the fight was going to kill you, but the struggle was not meant to kill you, but to reveal you. You thought the struggle was going to kill you. The struggle was never meant to kill you. The struggle was meant to reveal you. To show you something about yourself that maybe you didn't know that you had. Hmm. On the other side of the, of the fight is a new you, the real you, and it's waiting like a garment for you to put it on. Become who you are because your new identity is just on the other side of breakthrough. I'm going to share this and I'm going to let you go home because it's 12.02. This very week I was preparing, I think it was Tuesday, it might have been Wednesday, I was here uh, meeting the guy in the lobby because the air had needed some work and we got it fixed. Thank God. And this is what I heard about you all, Psalm 102. But you, O oh Lord, abide forever. Okay. I want you all to stand as I read this. I'm going to pronounce it over you. I'm going to say a prayer and then we're going to go home. But you, O oh Lord, abide forever. And your name to all generations. Now listen to me. I mean this prophetically. You may not like me, you may not agree with me. You may agree with everything I say and you may be crazy about me like she is. You may just be crazy like Devin is. Not just kidding. If you ever heard anything I've ever said, if you ever believed that I heard from God, I heard from him when he said to tell you this this morning. Here's what he said. You will arise, he will arise and have compassion on Zion. 
For it is time to be gracious to her, for the appointed time has come. I'm going to read it. Psalm 102. You will arise and have mercy upon Zion for the time to favor her. Yes, the set time, the appointed time has come. I talked to you last week about God's beautiful now and walking into God's beautiful now. When you walk into God's beautiful now, when you walk into the appointed time, when you come through the other side of your struggle, you're gonna find out something about yourself that you probably didn't know. Israel did not know that his name would be Israel and live for, live for decades without knowing that he, that he would be Israel and that a nation would be known. And yet, in the, in the book, I love that God says, he doesn't say, Israel have I loved. He says, Jacob have I loved. I think what the father was doing there was essentially saying, I love and I'm okay to be identified with the trickster and the scoundrel and the one that's just a hill catcher and the one that doesn't have it all together. I'm okay to be identified with him. I love him so much that I refuse to leave him that way. So I'm going to allow him to be presented with struggle when he comes through that wrestling match. On the other side, I'm going to change his nature. I'm going to change his identity. He'll not be a prince, uh, a prince of tricks, but he's going to be a prince with God. Very simple. It's the best I can do in 15 minutes. Just on the other side of your struggles, your true identity. Your time to walk into favor is now. Listen to me. I say this, and I, the Lord allows me to use this prophetically a lot, not this specific word. And there'll be people in the congregation that will grab onto it, hold onto it, and God will move and it'll change their life. There'll be others that'll believe it until they walk out the door and forget about it. Some of you won't, may not grab onto it at all, and that's okay. But for the ones that are going to grab on and hold on and that believe that God's speaking, your appointed time for favor is now. Doesn't matter to me if it's relational. Doesn't matter to me if it's business. As a matter of fact, it's really none of my business at all. It's your business. But whenever I say you're appointed time for favor, the thing that pops into your brain, that's probably the thing that God's wanting to work on the most. Now, that your uh, time for favor is now. So, for instance, if this is a job thing, if you're seeking a promotion, I'm telling you today's your time of favor. You go to your boss tomorrow and say, look, I've been looking for a promotion. I have no problem stepping out of the boat on this, on this word because it's not my word. It's his, it's his word and integrity that's at stake. If it's relational, do something today. Do something today to bring that, whatever it is, son, daughter, husband, wife, mom, dad, doesn't matter to me. I don't care. You care. If it's relational, it's been broken, today is your appointed time for favor. If it's financial, grab your checkbook and say, in the name of Jesus, not only do I just, I don't just want money to appear, give me wisdom to know how to handle money. I heard a guy say, I think it was last week, it might have been the week before, he says, money's not a real thing, money's an idea. And if you don't have money, it's because you lack ideas. It's a pretty powerful statement. Don't pray for money, Father, give me wisdom. The Bible says that he gives us the ability to obtain wealth. Wealth is not just money. Wealth is knowing what to do when you got $5 in the bank. So, this is your appointed time, you need money, fine. Bless God. Amen. I love what Mark said earlier today when he took the microphone. Because there are, I mean, there are probably 75 people out today. 
I want to ask you just as the pastor here, I just want to reiterate what he said. Text those people. I know most of them are, I know there's a lot of them at the beach, a lot of people are sick. Let them know you miss them. It really does matter. You text somebody and say, hey, man, I love you. I missed you today. Not because you're trying to get them back to the church, or not because you try, just because you love them and you care about them. And it does matter when you get that text or you get that call or you get that message on Facebook or however it is, whatever medium you use.